and welcome to In Search of Peps podcast. My name is Pete. My name is Bob. What's up, dude? I, what is up? I am eagerly anticipating doing this episode. <laughs> I am good. I am good. I am uh, uh, when we, we, we've behind the current. We're releasing this. How, how far in the future is this episode coming out? Uh, about five weeks. Okay. Well, well. Wow, we rock. Um, we're recording <laughs> this on tax day. Pete, I did my taxes today. Um, did you do your taxes yet? Yeah, I did that stuff like t- two months ago. All done. Good for you. Um, did you use TurboTax? Did you have someone do them for you? No, I got a sketchy tax guy that I like very much. Oh, love a sketchy tax guy. I did them myself. Shout out to the other TurboTax users. Um, my significant other has a professional do it, uh, and she uh, uh, obviously does well doing that. Um, I did it myself, but I want to talk about something they had. They had a raceometer okay. on it, and it said, based on your previous years, because I've been doing it for a long time myself, uh, tax returns, we think it will take you one hour and 12 minutes to do this year's return. I was like, oh, bet oh wow and so it's timing me and i'm like holy shit pete how long do you think it took me to complete my taxes for uh, 45 minutes 36 minutes nice yes and i went back and had to like you know uh cross some t's and dot some i's and i think had i really been pushing i also like went and shaved in the middle i think if i was really pushing i could have got it in the 20-ish minute range um so that was good it feels good to be done with that i hate that because it feels like it's hanging over your head like a guillotine yeah it's not great i hate that you should time yourself next time i heard there were a lot of issues with TurboTax. maybe whoever told me this was making it up but is there like (laughs) is there is there like a meter that shows you like how much you're estimated to get back um sometimes there's a thing like at the top that shows the dollar amount and then like it goes up and down kind of thing because i heard that there was like an abundance of uh tax returns that are now becoming problems and like need to be redone and all of this because whoa like people were just seeing this this meter and being like oh if i yeah like if i do this then i get this much back like oh i'll just do that and like so, (laughs) so so there ended up being like a lot of incorrect like 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 way incorrect tax yeah. returns. No, thankfully I didn't. I didn't mess around with any of that sort of nonsense. My stuff was really pretty straightforward, thankfully. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, here's here's to um, taxes and not loving them. And um, yeah, um, but I'm feeling good otherwise. Like so, feeling good. Treated myself to a cheese Danish this morning after I completed my taxes, and then also went through and like had a bunch of weird bills to pay and you know just kind of like a uh, a good getting stuff done day how about you how, how, how are you doing that sounds great i uh i just got over laryngitis which i mentioned last right. week but we're recording on the same night hell yeah we're behind the curtain <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh so it feels good i just went to my first yoga class since being better because mm, i haven't exercised nice. in like a week Having no voice sucks, man. You just like, you know, because you can still laryngitis. You still feel fine, so you can like go and be out, out and about, and do things. But you yeah. just you sound insane, you know. Yeah, and right. You can't really partake in the conversation. So I actually I went and saw a comedy show with my brother on Saturday. 
Nice. Just like silently laughing the whole time. It was really, it's just a bizarre thing. So You're just hoping for everyone's sake, the comedian doesn't try to talk to you because it's not, it's not going to be one of those like funny, like awkward interactions. It's just be like, yo, bro, like I can't, like I can't even, I can't talk. Yeah, no, luckily um, we were not up front like that. Um, Well, I'm glad you're back. I'm glad the laryngitis has subsided. Yeah. Pete, we're not going to make today a raceometer. There's a lot to talk about, but when we actually do the track by track, maybe we'll throw on the raceometer. Um, <laughs> but I have a lot to say about this record. Um, I think you do too. Let's just pull it back. And before we do, uh, go send us emails to trackspot at gmail.com and follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at, at trackspod. And uh, five-star reviews on all of your podcast suppliers du jour. Please and thank you. We are doing Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar, Sex Magic. Hell Jeez yeah, we magic. are. Um, oh, there's so much have, to say. We have some people that are so psyched right now, by the way. Oh, I know. Um, there are we some also fans have some... that have been asking for the peps for a long time now. And we have some friends who are upset that they're not on right now. So like, yeah. we literally <laughs> might have to do a roundtable episode with some of them. Oh, we um, should definitely do that. That would be fun. Yeah. I, uh, one of said friends, uh, I, I let it slip. I was like, listen to this. He's like, you're doing that record? You're having someone else come on? And I was like, no, <laughs> man. When I mentioned another. He's like, oh. He's like, I love it. Uh, a huge fan. So. Um, shout out, um, <laughs> Pete, what is your familiarity with red hot chili peppers, blood sugar, sex magic? Um, I never owned this CD when I was Whoa, a kid. Really? I never had it. Um, all of my friends had it. Everybody seemed to like it. I just never got there. Um, so I knew all the hits, you know, I mean, under the bridge, give it away. Hits, hits on hits on hits, hits on hits on hits. They were all there. Um, I knew them. I liked them just fine. Some of them at least. And that was it. Um, I once, I've seen the Red Hot Chili Peppers a few times, not on purpose. Um, one of which was an acoustic set, which is interesting. Mm. Um, interesting. Yeah. Uh, not on purpose seeing the acoustic not set? Not on purpose. I was, I was, I was working the venue. Oh, right. I just right, happened right. to be there. Um, the one time I was at a show that they played on purpose, it was a tour. I think it was like 2001 or two mm-hmm. where they were touring with the Foo Fighters and I really wanted to see the Foo Fighters. Right. Um, Foo Fighters were opening for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I drove all the way to the show, got there a little late, sitting around waiting for the band to go on. Band starts up. I'm like, yo, this isn't a Foo Fighters song. Turns out I missed the Foo Fighters. Dude, I walked straight out of the venue and got in my car. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so that's my Red Hot Chili Peppers experience. If I ask you a question, this might, <laughs> yeah. this might help determine. And it might, some people are going to give stink face uh, based on the answer. Foo Fighters or Red Hot Chili Peppers? Foo Fighters. And it's not close for you, right? Like, not even close. Yeah. Right. And they're, and uh, I'll caveat that by saying, like, in 2023, they're pretty cringe. Oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Every, everyone knows that. Like, I'm not, I'm not back in, you know, the last 15 years of material, 20 years of material, whatever. Good lord, but, oh, that's such a funny question. 
they've had a long run of records that are no Foo Fighters. Like I will, I 1000% am taking the last 20 years of Chili Peppers over the last 20 years of Foo Fighters. Dude, I might. It's not close. Yeah, I mean like. I, yeah, you might. <laughs> I might. And that's like weird. I mean, I I just, I mean, Californication, when Californication oh. came out, what Foo Fighters record would have come out? What year was that? Californication is 99 or 2000, maybe 2001. It's right there. Yeah. Let's look. Let's see this. Let's let's see where the Foo were at. Um, Dream of California. Pete, ask me that same question I asked you to start this conversation. Oh, what's your experience with the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Well, no, no, no. The uh, the uh, 1999 is Foo Fighters, Chili Peppers, uh, Californication. Uh, I'm taking I'm taking Chili Peppers over Foo Fighters. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah. So 99 is actually, you know what? 99 is there's nothing left to lose. Is is nothing left to lose? Yeah, that is 99. Okay, huh? That's real uh, interesting. I wouldn't have guessed that. That is an interesting back and forth. <sighs> Mm, uh, between those two like that's it for for Foo Fighters right there for me like that's the last record that uh I guess one by one has some songs there's a few there's a few Foo Fighters records after this that have like a track here and there but yeah yeah, it's once it gets the party's over more or less I think the yeah now what's the Buffalo record is that that's not in your honor no, it's, oh, it's uh, later. It's not. I think that is in your honor. Is it in your honor? Whatever yeah. it was, yeah, that record. I'm that was done. the one with. Uh, uh, what the fuck is it called? It had like a one acoustic record and then like one like rock record. Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. That that was so dumb. Um, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> enough Foo Fighters talk. We'll, t- we'll do a whole Foo Fighters thing at some point. We're here for the Chili, chili Peppers. Pete, uh, I love the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I really, I can get kind of weird and emotional about it. Got a lot of feelings. Really enjoy them. Um, I even like One Hot Minute, <clears throat> the Dave Navarro chili peppers record that's uh questionable but i like it (laughs) this record blood sugar sex magic is a lot of things first thing i'm gonna say it's a tale of two records second thing i'm gonna say is it's hard to explain how dominant the chili peppers were in the 90s they were part of the pop culture in a way um they were as big as any rock band that I can think of, especially in like current time. Like, like, oh, we're active and we're peaking, not a grandfather band. Um, they were alternative, but not grunge. Do you agree with that statement? Yes, I do. And I would almost argue that they were as big as any grunge band. Oh, sure. Yeah. Now, Nirvana is hard to to quantify because Nirvana actually takes a leap popularity-wise post-Kurt. So it's hard to kind of like make that all work. But like, let me just put it out there. Chili Peppers were gargantuan big in the 90s. And like, yes, they're big. They were big in the 2000s too and big into the 2010s. A question for you. Do you think their star is dimming a little bit 
I think their star is dimming. I've actually, I've read like live reviews of their most recent tour that people are like kind of let down by it. Well, I want to put like, it out there. Those dudes are just straight up old. You yeah, they're old like, stuff. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know, like. You know like, who people aren't writing bad reviews, bad live reviews about though is the Foo Fighters. So, I don't know. That? You don't think there's any bad reviews out there? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, how sure old, how old I want you to guess how old is uh Tony aka Cold Dammit aka Tony Flow aka the Rainy Lithuanian <laughs> aka to- Antoine the Swan aka Anthony Kiedis. How old is he? Uh I'm gonna go with a solid sixty. On the nose. Hell November first, nineteen sixty two. He's a sixty year old man. He's in great shape for a 60 year old yeah he is that said he's 60 yeah um i don't know how much tread is left on those tires that's full-blown like rolling stones territory like all right here let's look this up Oof, this is funny context let's find out how old how old is old mick jagger oh <laughs> Mick Jagger was born in 1943, so he's only 19 years older than Anthony Kiedis. Yeah. Only 19 years is, is kind of goofy, but that is to say Mick Jagger, Anthony Kiedis now is akin to Mick Jagger 2003, 2004. Yo, Think about how old the Rolling Stones seemed in 1995 when they did those reunion tours. 94, I guess, over that Voodoo Lounge, right? Right, yep. Yo, we're talking a decade beyond that. That's wild ass. That's wild wild ass. So anyways, um, oh, I'm sorry, Sir Mick Jagger. Um, (laughs) So anyways, uh, big soft spot for this band. Own this CD don't know how much I did I listen to it in full absolutely did I listen to it in full just sitting there reading the lyrics never not once did I listen to it in full while playing Sega Genesis absolutely Um, (laughs) and PS1 and so forth this is a very long record Pete will you tell the people how long Blood Sugar Sex Magic is is it 74 minutes? Let me look. It's 74 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's long. I was shocked. And it feels every minute of it when you listen. It definitely does. I started my Saturday morning with this. It was tough. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, that's not <laughs> not ideal blood sugar sex magic time, to be honest. Um, no. So here's what I will say. I, I said it's a tale of two records. That's my... I've two-ish big theses. I said some other ideas, but tell two records. There are the radio hits. Um, so that is Breaking the Girl, Suck My Kiss, Give It Away, Under the Bridge. Is there another one? I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. But like that's... Uh, yeah. Oh, and and the title track could be thrown in there, but that's not wasn't wasn't radio or TV hit. Yo, that's one, two, three, four hits that were gargantuan big. Like all those songs were 
radio staples. At least two of them have epic, like top 10 alternative videos of the 90s level. Like, yeah. Give It Away and Under the Bridge are music videos that I can literally picture in my head right now Same. and run through, you know, for a long time. Um, and then there's the rest of the record. <laughs> which and is there's this, a lot of it. There's a lot of it. Let's say those songs, those four songs will say total in at like 20-ish minutes. We'll just say they're not. They're probably closer to 17. We'll say 17 minutes. There's almost an hour of music otherwise. You know what I yeah. mean? Um, a lot of which is there's a lot of funk. There's some weird rock, but it's a lot of funk. There's <laughs> a lot of funk. And if you aren't here for the funk, if you aren't down for the funk or can't even register it, I think it's a hard listen. Um, Pete, we have a lot of f- listeners who are familiar with hardcore punk rock, etc. cetera. Uh, the band, the bad brains notorious for mixing hardcore punk and reggae. And I had lots of friends who c- could not stand reggae and would basically be like, ah, I like those records, but it has three reggae songs and I hate them and like skip. And I'm like, that's weird. Cause it's like, especially <laughs> the earlier records. It's like, here's nine blasts of the best hardcore music. And by the way, here's three reggae songs that are by all means competent, if not like maybe not the most original, but like very well done and like good. Yeah. And even reggae heads aren't like, oh, this is, this is corny whack. It's, they're like, no, this is fine. Dub like fine, you know? Um, but if you can't get past those, it's going to take, an A plus record down to a B. Mm-hmm. Um, if you came to Blood Sugar Sex Magic strictly for the radio hits, and you, you know, drop the needle, press play, whatever it is, and you have an, we'll say fifty five minutes of <laughs> of the record that isn't the hits, it's an experience. Yeah. Like I, I don't know now. For me, I, you know, I think I knew going in what it was, and and remembering it, and thinking about it, and I find I, I am okay with it in the same way where I'm like, yo, I don't know a lot about funk, and we'll talk about it on the track by track, but I think it's pretty good. I think they're all good players. Yeah, I actually think there's a wide range of funk stuff that they do, which is kind of cool. Like, uh, you know, there's there's a they're like any Pete, how well versed in funk are you? Not very. Me neither. Um, but I can tell you this that even just cursory listens, you can listen to f- a few different things and realize like P funk is different than a lot of things that were like some of the dancier stuff and the break stuff. And then as you move forward, there's heavier stuff. Um, And you get a sampling of a lot of that here. You get a lot of like you hear it in the scat guitar. You hear it in the the breaks um, and the stop and go. And there's a lot of different stuff there. To me, it becomes very easy background music. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's true for most listeners. Not not true for me. That's where I was gonna. That's where I was going. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so, um, so that's one thesis is that there's two records here, and I think that can color it. Um, and it just on a pure level, even as someone who found warmth towards this, has an openness to some of the funk. Pete, I listened to this record four times. Okay, which is like five hours of life right there. <laughs> um, you did better than me. But but two of them were while working, doing like sanding walls and doing this and blah, blah, blah. The funk stuff works well in that atmosphere. Some it's a good the, vibe. It can, it can be a good vibe. If you are sitting trying to listen academically, especially if you're not someone who's here for the funk, you're, it can be, it can really hurt the drag. So anyways, um, that's, that's part one tale of two records, two very different records in one here. Thesis two, Pete, are the Red Hot Chili Peppers the remnants of the L.A. Golden Voice punk scene? Define Golden Voice punk scene. The early 80s, Black Flag, uh, Danger House Records, all that stuff. Okay. It was, was playing to pretty large crowds in like 80, 81, and then it starts to tip over in 82, but then you're getting stuff like the SST catalog of Minutemen and uh, sure. you know, Ranging Sounds, Descendants. You get the butthole servers coming into town and blah, blah, blah. So you get all the weird stuff. The Red Hot Chili Peppers as people sort of kind of grew up in and around that stuff. Yeah. And I think if you read through their history, they start pretty early and by the mid 80s, Chili Peppers are the thing. Um, they're like this weird, like punk funk metal thing that I think was the last, I think it's the last gasp of the golden voice world. I don't think, you know, like, like just on a face value, do they sound like, no, come on. Do they sound like X? No. Do they sound like, no, 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 no. (laughs) But, I think that that was the weird evolution of it and for better or worse uh, turned into a massive commercially successful band by this time. But uh, the earlier iterations, if you listen to like Mother's Milk, there's there's a lot more metal in the guitars. There's a lot more harder edge stuff. Their funk is there, but it's even more angular than some of their hardest angle parts here yeah um but that is the the energy that i kind of catch with chili peppers when i think about them. like this is where la punk scene kind of uh evolve is the wrong word it is what is it when a, co- a cocoon like a, a the worm turns in goes into the cocoon and comes out a, a moth or whatever you know yeah right right this is the metamorphosis of it um, because there was a lot of those weird ethos of like not the DIY punk thing but like some of the antics and shock and awe and you can hear that in the lyrical content there's a has there ever been a more overtly sexual band. Yeah, I mean that's 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 one of the things about this record that like is a little exhausting. 
Oh it's God, I can't ne- wait for you to rate ending. this. It is. Um, um, and but, I want to, I want to also, before you get to your point, yeah. think about how many 13 year old boys across America, this really warped in like 1991. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, the, the punk thing is a good point because all you ever hear, or at least, you know, you read about the Red Hot Chili Peppers and it's like their punk funk style. You know, there's all, like punk is mentioned a lot just in mm-hmm. reference to this band. I get like, I get what you're saying where that tail end of like weird SST punk, like the Minutemen, for example, I can see that connection, but like yes. punk writ large, I, like, I don't even know. If you gave me this record, you know, and and I knew no, I knew like none of the context, you know, and you were just yeah. like, hey, like, does this have any connection to punk rock in any way? I'd be like, no. No, I mean, honestly, the closest thing sonically is the last song that comes off as purely almost like a joke, you know? Yeah. Um, but that said, think of it more like this. You're familiar with the movie Heavy Metal Parking Lot. Yeah. Oh, oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. Not heavy mall parking lot. I'm thinking of Decline of Western Civilization. Yeah. And then there's Decline of Western Civilization Part 2. Yeah. Where it's heavy metal. Yeah. And then you start thinking about LA. So LA has the the punk scene. And around it grows, like, you know, across the country, there's, you know... DIY punk hardcore stuff going on, but never was it as big as it was in Southern California for like a two year, three year ish window. Um, where just, you know, you hear about some of these golden voice black flag shows. It's like, Oh, there were like 4,000 people at the auditorium. And like, it's what crazy for a band who was self-releasing their own singles and LPs and the whole thing. Sonically, it's not there. But what happens when that scene sort of shrivels away and what does Golden Voice start doing after that? And it's like, well, they get into kind of the, there's the like glam metal and like that's when you get hair metal stuff popping up and the the Motley Crue's of the world. But what else is happening in the LA music scene? And that's where you get the stuff like there's a little bit of a ska scene that emerges. There's a little bit of a, this funk scene, the funk punk scene where it's like, is this punk? Ah, no no not by your <laughs> standards not by mine right but it's like oh they do like some fast stuff and then there's some metal guitars and they're like it's not like metal like like motley crew and like oh metal like like slayer or metallica no not like that either but closer to that but not but so like and they got like their hairs dyed and they're like they got a lot of attitude and all of a sudden it's the red hot chili peppers um and so it's sort of this weird kind of moment to me, especially here, like because I also think not quite a thesis, but a half-baked one is this is the end of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I think for some people, this is it. Like mm. is this record and they love it and there's some elements of it they really like and they, they really like Mother's Milk. But after this, they're done. Even though for most of people, this is the start of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Like this is where commercially mainstream they emerge, and for a whole generation of listeners, like they hit radar here. So um, it's 
they're an interesting band. This is a interesting record. Pete, I have a few clarifying questions for you, and, and I want you to get out any other big thoughts you have. Sure. Yes or no questions here, and we're going to hook you up to the polygraph. Okay. <laughs> Pete, do you have friends who will be mad because you dislike this record so much? Yes. <laughs> Was this a hard listen? Yes. Hold on. I'm checking. Okay. No lies have been detected. <laughs> While listening to this record, <laughs> did you question how some of your friends who are just a few years older than you could hold this record in such high regard? <laughs> yeah, 100%. Pete, while listening to this record, did you did you question, wait, I didn't know my friends were so into funk music? <laughs> yeah, 100%. Me too. Um, on a slightly different note, Pete, do you think Rage Against the Machine straight up stole some of the harder <laughs> funk Dude, parts? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I actually mentioned that a lot in my track by track. Yeah, hell yeah, because I feel the same. Um, yo, this is a fascinating record. Context: uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers are a huge band, uh, famously known for Zinga Dong Bone music. Um, <laughs> also, just huge mainstream records, as as talked about. From 1990 until now, name me five American rock bands who are bigger than the Red Hot Chili Peppers, or arguably bigger. I mean, bigger, like, yeah. The Foo Over Fighters the might of the be past one of them. Thirty-three years, Foo Fighters. I'll have we could have that conversation for sure. Yeah. Um, This is hard, especially just doing America. It's really hard. Um, like, <clears throat> I go through even big, big rock bands. Like Pearl Jam, arguably. You could talk about them. They could be in this yeah, conversation. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, Pearl Jam is on that list. Yep. Um, I keep thinking of, like, singular artists. You know, like the Bruce Springsteen's. Yeah. But yeah. Like, so, so we could talk about. Um, Jesus Christ, um, Nirvana. You know. Yeah. Sure. Um, Green Day is Green Day as big, small, bigger, would, smaller, or the same? I would say a little smaller, maybe, okay. but maybe uh, the same. I think maybe a little smaller, but close. Green Day had some pretty big songs. Uh, the Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, I mean, huge, huge band. I'm just, I, I guess. Yeah, I don't what's, think so. What's, what's the gauge here? Because I'm just thinking of like filling a room. Like Smashing Pumpkins can't fill I mean, a room. I like, think, I think, I think can. there's fill a room, and then does your mom know who the Red Hot Chili Peppers are? You know, yeah, does your uncle, right, does right. your dad? You know what I mean? Does does your family member who doesn't go to concerts know who this band is? Right. You know. Uh, no doubt. I think yeah, Chili Peppers are bigger. Pearl Jam's good argument. Blink-182? Not quite. Not quite. Chili Peppers started in 83. Isn't that crazy? Alice in Chains? Not quite. No. Weezer? I mean, I Weezer's at the same, like, I would say Weezer's at the same level as a Green Day. Yeah, and I think those are both a, a step down from Foo Fighters and Chili yeah. Peppers and yeah. Pearl Jam. Because even if 
even if somebody couldn't name a Pearl Jam song, they'd be like, oh, I know that name. Chili Peppers, yeah. same thing, maybe even more. So, so yeah, we're talking about one of the five largest. Okay, uh, Sublime. I think Chili Peppers are bigger. Bigger, yeah. Yeah. Like, like if we start going... If you start going to abroad, you two gets in the conversation. Oasis gets in the conversation. I was going to say stuff Oasis, like yeah. stuff like Coldplay, Radiohead. I'll even hear like those can be in the conversation. But anyways, Coldplay those are actually really good ones you just brought up. Coldplay and Radiohead. Yeah, I think they're on the level probably. I think so too. I think so too, especially globally. Um, yeah. So, anyways, Pete, any other big ideas before we start tracking this record? I didn't know that like this band had so many records before this. Yeah. Like I'm, I, I literally have never seen the cover of the uplift mojo mofo party plan. <laughs> like I've I, never, I didn't even know that that was existed and like freaky styly. I've never, I've seen the cover of the, the self titled album. Yeah. Um, you have to care to look up that stuff. The pre basically mother's milk, anything pre mother's milk, you have to look into yeah um i remember mother's yeah. milk this had uh what did this have on it it's got a hit um what's the hit on this higher ground the higher cover ground. right okay um so but then yeah like i just i i, I did they were so big that they were like unavoidable and i was paying attention to music in the 90s mid 90s and later right so like i remember specifically when one hot minute came out because there was so much hype around it i remember aeroplane that was a huge hit mm-hmm. oh and then I, so big i, I mean, guess they took years off and then californication that was even like it feels like they huge. they only got bigger for like a 10-year period there oh and i mean yeah uh so here this is a fun one the song Soul to Squeeze, yeah, which is the Zingadong Bone, was released on the Conehead soundtrack. Super <laughs> big song. Was cut. It was recorded as like a B-side um, for Blood Sugar Sex for Give It Away. Oh. Like, it's this awesome song. Like, huge. Like, this is a song they play now for sure in their sets. Huge, huge. This was as big as... You know, it would have been fifth single level big. It was essentially fifth single, even though it wasn't on the record. Um, yeah. Huge. Uh, hit number one on Billboard Modern Rock charts. So and that <laughs> it was a song off a soundtrack, not on an album. So, yeah, band starts in 83. That's kind of when you dig back, it's like, wait, that's that's why. It's, it's a really weird, weird history, weird band fascinating only continued getting bigger you said it right continued getting bigger throughout the 90s yeah um so that was a takeaway for me i just had never thought about them in that way um the other thing you already touched on was just like i didn't know how many of my friends like funk music so <laughs> um and and the punk rock connection i just like it became clearer to me like like where is the punk actually um but i have a question for you yes please are the Red Hot Chili Peppers your favorite rock funk band? Um, yeah, probably. Um, yeah, yeah, they are. 
Who are your other favorite rock funk bands? I mean, <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's the problem is that it's like, when I think about rock funk, um, like there's just not, like there's not many rock funk bands. No. Like there's people start doing stuff and saying like, well, what about this? What about this? And I'm like, that's a rock band. That's a rock band. That's a rock band. Like, oh, okay. Primus, right? I like the Chili Puppers a million times more than I like Primus. Would that be funk? Interesting. Yeah. Primus probably has, has some funk funky parts elements. Because the bass sound really bounces hard. Yeah. Um, it's not it's not like every but like it's like the chili peppers. Like Under the Bridge has no funk to it. True. So like and that's that's the chili. I like that version. I their funk music is just fine to me. I don't, you know. So are they my favorite rock funk band? Sure. Bob, do you like rock funk? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that's probably where you'll come to with a lot of people who like this record a lot. So, um, yeah. Like, I also just no. Go ahead. No, I was going to say if you, I believe it's the first Incubus record has a why am i talking about incubus not the <laughs> first one science is the one i'm thinking of um has some a lot of funk in it um i don't like that element of the record like a lot of times i think when alternative bands try to add funk in alternative punk or metal bands try to add funk in i think it fails <laughs> miserably like like stepping on a rake level failure yeah um Whereas, like, when I think of funk, I think of funk and soul stuff. And and largely, I think that hits, but it's because it's on such a different level. Like, it's not rock funk, you know? Like, it's it's just a totally different thing that's leaning more towards dancey material. Or, like I said, R&B, like, you have a slower, softer roll into any of the funky material. Whereas rock is trying to come at it from a harder angle, and I don't think that lands. You have to really be in the right space for it. Yeah. I think I'm a rock rap guy. If I had to choose between <sighs> rock rap and rock funk, I think I'd choose rock rap. Yeah, I mean, and, and I, I think you can make some arguments to uh, some roots rock rap here. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Too. There's a yeah, lot of that here. A lot actually. of vocal battle. All right, you ready to track by track this bad boy? Let's track by track it. Put it on the board. Power of the quality. Often use the term snake charmer music. 
Yes, I do. I feel like this is snake charmer music, but like for the beach. <laughs> you know? Um, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, it sets a mood, I think. Uh, it has the... Um, so this is what I was saying when you say like different styles of funk. Somebody could really tell us about it. I don't know who that person is, but this does remind me of like P-Funk style breaks where you stop, there's a stop, and then it's it kind of goes right into a bounce. Um, yeah. And that's fun. Uh, I dislike the power of equality. Some of the lyrical <laughs> content here is cringy, but it works okay. Um, don't hate the song. Yeah, it's 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 a it's got good energy. It's got a good groove. Um, it definitely has its own flavor. Um, it's just like eight a.m. on a Saturday. This isn't hitting for you though, right? It's really tough at eight a.m. on a Saturday. But on 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 listens on following listens, I, uh, I I'm 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 all right with this one more than a lot of the tracks on this. And actually, the the chorus is kind of an earworm like i did actually ended up ha- kind of having it stuck in my head at a certain point so um there's something there for sure i mean i'm not gonna i'm not gonna you know deny the parts of this that i don't mind but my i guess my larger issue and this is just gonna kind of you know it, this is going to affect my review of this whole thing so i'll just say it now get it i just don't know what to do with this like I just don't know I, I I don't know what context in which I would listen to it. I like I don't think I've ever been in the mood for music like this. Like it's just something that like like I like funkadelic, right? Mm-hmm. What I like about yeah. funkadelic is probably not the funk as much as like the psych. Because they're like kind right. of like a yes. psych funk thing. Yes. And it made me think about that because I was like, man, like funkadelic has parts like this, but then it's like well, yeah, but I like the like really wild, wilding out like non-funk psyche parts, and that's what I think is cool about that, and that's where like I have a place for it as like a listening experience. Whereas this, like, just kind of like the white boy bouncy funk vibe, I'm like, and it's just like so Southern California that like I just <laughs> there's like there's just there's just not much there for me. So that, I'm just gonna say that now. Yeah, you're, put, you're putting it out. Yeah, that's what it is. So yeah, I get it. I get it. No, I think that that is an underlying element that you either suspend it fully and just roll, or it can take you out. And I yeah. felt both sides of that on yeah. these listens. Um, all right, next track. If you have to ask, another funk um, track, funky, but I like this one a lot more than power of equality i like uh-huh. the scatting guitars um overall I, I think this feels like a skateboard uh, skateboard it feels like a snowboard video and i like that yeah no it's i mean it's got a good like head nod kind of beat to it like it it, it almost has a beat similar the beat on this affects me the same way like a good hip-hop song does where it's yeah. just like okay oh, yeah See. cool all right like good vibe you know um the verse, the high pitch vocals on the chorus are like, <laughs> are wild. I mean, it's just kind of, these dudes are like clearly just having so much fun just being wild. Oh, I, I, I wrote, I, I have that as a question later, so I'll keep it. I'll keep okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, breaking the girl. Good build on this. Kind of acoustic driven at first, and then it kind of builds out. 
This one has like almost a 60s psych feel. It has there's like some just Mellotron the going yeah, on there. Right. Just the touch. It's kind of cool. I like that element of it. Um yeah, it's all right song. I I really like this song. I think there's a touch of urgency in the music part, especially to start that you can take you off can can catch you off guard based on the prior two tracks for sure. Um kind of an instant, instantly memorable alternative song alternative not grunge and uh i like the vocal interplay with the music because as the the music's building up sometimes the vocals are dropping and going down and like there's just this really nice flow i I think this song was a radio staple for a long time and i hadn't heard it in a while i was like oh yeah this one's a track okay good good song yeah it's a track uh funky monks so this is probably the strongest groove we've heard on the record so far. Um, I think so too. Pretty heavy groove. Um, ultimately, it gets a little repetitive for me. It but feels it's a like, bit like jam funk to me. Yeah, but then there's like some like serious big rock energy at certain points. <laughs> yeah, which like is kind of hinting to the Rage Against the Machine stuff, but like not mm. quite there. I think we'll get there. We'll on get there later. Yep. Soon, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's about all I got. Yeah. Uh, at points, it feels very unraveled and jammy. And then other points, like you said, it's got big rock feel. I don't need it, but it's fine in the flow. Like, I, I think it doesn't throw the flow off for me, at least. Um, yeah, so- I mean, I'll say that the, the start to the record, like these first four songs, they're they're the first two are kind of sort of similar, but they're giving you like different feels. Yeah. things school yeah that's that's the that's the interesting part is like not versed enough in funk but these feel like two different flavors yeah uh, next track suck my kiss Rage Against the Machine loves this and seems like it's straight up pulled from this track. Um, For sure. Um, this song, pretty popular. Uh, different sounds on this record, too, that are really the funky, harder stuff, and then some of the more accessible. Is this a soft merging of those sounds? Like, it's the the most accessible of the funkier tracks? I think so because I, they do something with the singles that they release where they're just like, there's no funk singles. 
Ah, uh, yeah, because they know those aren't the tracks. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Suck My Kiss is the funkiest of the tracks, and it's it not funky in the same way. It's funky in this like hard funk way. Um, this is this to me is rock funk. You know what I mean? Like clear yeah. rock funk. Yep. What this track has that a lot of the other ones don't have is really good drama in some of the vocal and the build up to it. Like when he hits the suck my kiss, it's it hits. You know, like it delivers. So, yeah, yeah. So it works. It's a you can picture a bunch of weirdos in like cut off jean shorts that go just below the knees, not wearing shirts, like push moshing in a mud <laughs> mud pit uh, yes. in 1993 to this track. Absolutely. Okay, next one. I could have lied. All right, so this song's kind of low key. No <laughs> funk. No the funk. Music's kind of sparse. And I don't mean that in like this, like, oh, it's like, you know, ele- you know, magnetic fields kind of way. It's just kind of like a very stripped down song. It's okay. Um, yeah. I did appreciate it because it does feel actually different on the record. Um, we've been doing a lot of records recently that that attempt change of pace stuff that I'm like, it's not uh, okay. It, it's different. It's different. Bad. Good. All right. Fine. This song's not great, but it does feel different and feels this is the uh, spritzer between courses. I'm all right with it. This one I liked on... The, the more listens I had, the more I liked it. It kind of grew on me. Yeah. Um, it's like a melancholic acoustic tune. It builds slowly. Um, I, I like what they're doing here, actually. Like, this is more inter- This is 10,000 times more interesting to me than, than the funk stuff. So I'm in on this one. Okay. How about <laughs> since you said you really wanted to hear more funk stuff, <laughs> Mellow Ship Slinky in B major? Dude, this is like Guantanamo level torture to me. Like I, I, I dislike it so much that I don't know. Like, I just don't even know what to say about it. Do you know the original, like Nike go for a hike logo? It's like a dude with his, like there's it's, it's a variation on a kind of hippie thing where it's like a, a hippie guy with a big beard. And one of his legs is stretched out really long, exaggerated yeah. like cartoon drawing. This is what I call funky disco walk music. <laughs> oh, <sure. laughs> um, but like Pete, any song that lyrically mentions looking at big butts, <laughs> can it be that bad? I mean, that's kind of funny. All right. Um, and I can this, ride is, with that. this song's not great. Um, I, I enjoyed it on listens where I'm bopping around having to do uh, repetitive manual labor. Um, they are <laughs> so like, I can't, I can't emphasize this enough. This record's so overtly sexual that you literally feel like they could say anything and make any illusion like like anything goes to a level that I'm like, man, I wonder how this would play today, but I just don't think it even matters. It's timeless in this way where it's like they somehow are these funky weirdos from Southern California who are overtly sexual but also people don't feel totally threatened by it it's like outrageous and also really funny really funny to think about the number of like preteen boys saying stuff like what i got you gotta get it put it in you you know like (laughs) 
uh, I don't know. Um, but this song really like made me think like, damn, these dudes are crazy. When I was going down the Wikipedia rabbit hole on this, there, there's a there's there's a mention of that where they're like, you know, when asked why the lyrics were so overtly sexual on Blood, Blood Sugar Sex Magic, Anthony Kiedis responded, it's all I was really thinking about at the time. Mm. Or something like that. It's very funny. I believe every word of that sentence. <laughs> Pretty cool. The righteous and the wicked. Uh, back to the heavy groove, which yeah. I, I, I like the heavy groove more than like the manic funk groove, I guess. Um, this is an all right one. I just, it's okay. I, I, I this know. is where I really was like, how many of my friends who love this record listen to it front to back? Yeah. Um, it's the song, like you said, heavy groove, a little bit off kilter. There's some back and forth, but like, we're way into this record now and we're still maybe just halfway on the runtime. Yeah. It's a long record. Wait, in, in the uh, conversation that I had with a friend about this mm. about a month ago, he was like, I'm going to listen to that on the, on the way home. We were at dinner and I texted him after. I'm like, how was the, how was the listen? And Is he, he was from like, Delaware? Got- <laughs> <Jesus Christ. laughs> he's like, he's like, I got like two songs in. I, I wasn't in the mood. Yeah, yeah, you got, you, yeah, you, you have credit to that friend because I also think you have to be in the mood for this record. This isn't an after dinner record, I don't think. Summer day at the beach, like playing Smash Ball or something. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um, next song, give it away. much attitude personality yeah. times a million yeah um i really like the soundscaping of all these big hits there's a lot going on so if you do listen to the song in headphones there's stuff going on for you to pick up on um i say it later more specifically but i'll say it here the drumming on this record is obviously very good but it's varied there's a lot of different styles happening there's a lot of dancey beats there's a lot of like off time things a lot of things where he's just vibing and it's it's like a a solid recipe it's hard because on the funk songs that's not where the drums stand out but anytime he's given space on the rock songs i think he just does the most with it so for sure 
Shout out I to mean, Will Ferrell who who drums in Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> I mean, the dudes obviously can play their asses off. So yeah, yeah. oh yeah, That's every cool. single member of this band. Yeah. Um, the title track of this record, this song is also called "Blood Sugar Sex Magic." <laughs> um, I like the Kedis like low register sexy voice at the beginning. <laughs> I also like that like. It's almost this 80s synthy tinny guitar sound at the beginning yeah. that I had forgotten about until this listen. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. It delivers. Um, this is probably the best to me of the funkier tracks that isn't Suck My Kiss. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this to me is the B-side of Suck My Kiss. Yeah. Like, it's a little more stilted. The chorus doesn't flow quite as well. It's not as dramatic, but like, it's memorable, like blood sugar, sex magic. She's magic, like in a chanty way. You can get this in your head. Yeah, no, it's a pretty cool song. I'm okay with it. I mean, again, a lot of Rage Against the Machine, like proto Rage Against the Machine yeah. energy. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Um, Under the bridge. This song's great. Great, like I, it's, it's great. a great song. I still, if it's on, I'm gonna keep it on. Um, emotional track from '90s radio, yeah. alt ballad classic. It's just, it's really good. Um, it hits the. So I talk about it on a lot of the records we do, where I'm like, this is overly dramatic. This is too much. This is too angsty. <laughs> this song hits the exact right level of melancholic kind of playfulness in the lyrical style, but it feels very authentic and like. It makes me crazy that I'm saying that about like this high level, super mainstream popular song when like some of the underground, more low key records that we've done. I'm like, yo, why is this overly dramatic? What are we doing? And here we are with Anthony Kiedis, like dropping it on this song. So shout out to him. Dude, the fucking, All right, let's like, get to the next the, 10 the, records, the, 10 the songs. Choir, the choir vocals at the end of Under the Bridge and mm-hmm. like... It's just, it gets so overly dramatic and insane, but it somehow works. It's great. Like, there's a certain level to me where this song, and, and honestly, Red Hot Chili Peppers, sonically, nothing to do with them. But they feel like the, uh, they took a baton from Guns N' Roses in terms of like drama and high level, like insanity in terms of like, just over the top antics and studio stuff. So yeah, going like, Oh, November rain. Oh, we can, we can be that. Okay, let's go. You know, um, naked in the rain, naked in the rain, kicking back into the heavy driving groove, some hard funking on that base, some hard funking. Um, this one, I mean, it's, it's also tough for me to talk about these songs individually because so much of them are like, I have similar things, but, but uh, this one kind of grew on me. I like the, again, I like the heavy driving groove more than the like manic groove. And so I think you get like, a dancier beat in the drums here, like yeah, very cool. 70s. And it made me think about how, despite the fact that the Chili Peppers are nascently a band of the 80s who's doing a lot of like what I would say is contemporary sounds, this record almost feels like a study of a lot of different 70s music so sure it's kind of interesting put into a 90s format um apache rose peacock
My notes sort of silly boat to the vehicle style track. Like, I was, uh, some of these songs, if you're listening to this record, imagine no Kita's vocals. There's some songs where, like, what would be happening here then? What what the hell is this song doing? Um, and it made me think, like, were these recording sessions super fun or super stressful? I lean fun, but then I'm like, man, what about these tr- times where it's like, what do you got for this? We have four more songs. What the fuck? <laughs> um, the end of the, la- the last 20 seconds of the song, straight up rock. And it's like, wait, what's that part? What do you- wait, why did you just tack that part on this song that's otherwise relatively like unremarkable? What's going on? Right, right, right. Yeah, I, I, I like the outro too, but for the most part, this song is kind of the culmination of what I dislike about all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's so, true. Yeah. Um, the greeting song. This is like the most punk. This is mm. the punk song. So there's some parts to this for sure. I, I My note was this feels like a leftover or an older song that touched on some interesting premises but never were, was fully fleshed out because it doesn't, it feels kind of, um, it's a lefty on a right-handed baseball team. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, oh, yeah. you're different, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's really fast and punchy. Mm-hmm. Um, still has that frenetic energy that they're just kind of, you know, they use on the funk parts and they're using it a little bit differently here. Um, I like the chorus on this one a little bit. I like how it moves. Like, it's all right. I'm, I'm okay with this one. Yeah, yeah. Especially the Steve in the track, the record. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, it um, adds like a new energy to the to the thing, especially an hour in. My lovely man. Uh, it's all right. It's there's like, some again some good parts in a similar way. I like the drum breaks. Um, yeah. Again, showcase of different funk stuff going on. It's just too long. Like five minute long songs are wild when you're an hour into a record. Yeah. wild to put that it was like very bold to be like i know you've been listening for 60 minutes but here's a five minute long song what holy shit which brings me to sir, sir psycho, psycho sexy pete how long is this song this song is over eight minutes eight minutes and 15 seconds long how about let's summarize it with three words or less you got anything why <laughs> um, and the last song, they're red hot. I mean, like the fun joke track. Yeah. The, the like choice to do a fun joke track as your last song. Um, this it, is so 90s. Well, y- yes. Oh, such a 90s thing to do. It did make me ask the question in an alternate timeline, could the Chili Peppers have been this like zany, silly version of the Minutemen? Oh, yeah. 
Sure. So, so there's, listen there's to this song with that energy. It's, it's, it's literally like, let's go in the studio and do something weird. But like, Kitas has a fun, fast vocal. It works. Yeah. He's yeah. saying complete gibberish, like nonsense. Um, obviously, but when they're all playing fast, it, it works. Like, this is a cohesive song. Um, but it is just silly 90s gobbledygook. It's nonsense. Yeah. Let's try all to right. arbitrarily rate this thing. Let's track this bad boy. Holistic quality. Is this record good out of 20? Pete, is this record good? And what do you give it? I'm going to give this record a six because it's not the worst, but it's not great either. And I don't feel strongly enough about it to give it a 10. So I'm going to give it a six. Pete, I love it so much. I love the energy (laughs) of how this episode is going. I am merely a couple years older than you. And it's funny because when we were younger, it felt a lot different. Now we might as well be the same age. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, The friends of ours who really love this record are just a couple years older than me. Again, might as well be the same age as us. Same age. Mm -hmm. But I think it shows in the appreciation or lack thereof on this record and a lot of the intangible that's impacting these decisions. Pete, I gave this a 14 out of 20 because I think it's a good record. But I objectively also would issue if somebody's like, do you like Blood Sugar Sex Magic? I'd be like, ah, I really like it. But don't try to listen to the whole album. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go to the good parts. How high are the highs? How good are the best parts of this record out of 10? I mean, there is a nostalgia factor here that I can't deny. Oh, yeah. Um, and Under the Bridge is like a hit. Hit, hit. It's a hit, hit. It's a, it's a hit, hit. Um so really for the hits alone give it away and then like one or two other tracks that that hit for me i'm gonna give it a 15 i feel like it gets it gets pretty high no uh, the highs are out of 10 pete oh shit (laughs) (laughs) it's the first time you did that what are you gonna so sorry i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it an eight okay an eight good 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 pete i'm giving it a 10 for the highs okay 10 out of 10 I think that was my math on my ratings. No, it's okay. It's, oh, you're, you're adding stuff up. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Lows. How bad are the worst parts of this record, Pete? Lows. Uh, I'd be dishonest if I gave it a one. I can't give it a one. Um, I'm going to give it a two. Okay, that's fine. I'm going to give it a four. Okay. Competency and peer review. How How well done is this record? How does it stack up to its peers? Um, I gave it an 8 out of 10. I mean, peers is tough because they were kind of singular in what they were doing, right? So like, so you got to compare it to them, what they're doing. But then I kind of compare it to some of the other stuff that was floating in the alternative ether at that time. Yeah. Which might put it lower for you for sure. You know what I mean? I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to land at 8. I'm going to give it a three on this one. Okay, no problem. Drag factor out of 10. Two. I I gave it a four. It it does drag for sure. Flow out of 10. How well does the the record move from song to song or overall? I give it a five. It's it's too long to like have any sort of consistent flow. I mean, a lot of it. I'm dropping it a point. I'm dropping it to a four. It's it's like yeah I mean it's a collection of songs more or less uh, 
there there are a few tracks that I think flow really w- nicely together. But there's a, a couple decent point, transitions, like, no question. Yeah, for sure. But I don't know, so I give it a three. Aesthetic. How much do you like the way this record looks out of ten? I mean, so this is the Southern California vibe that I just like. I have there's nothing here for me in terms of the aesthetic at all. So like I, 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 I don't love it and I don't really like much of this band's aesthetic really at all. It's just not my vibe. So I'm going to, I'm going to give it a three. I love, I love how much you just like this record. Um, <laughs> I don't, dude, I was fair. I, I, I know. there was You've a lot of this I liked. Dude, you're I'm, super fair. Um, I'm trying to be nice about it. It's an eight out of 10 to me. I think it's so weird and, the cover's iconic and um, maybe it inspired a lot of tribal tattoos. Who knows? Um, impact That's, therein influence. lies the problem. Um, <laughs> Not wrong. Impact and influence. I'm going to give it a five. I mean, it's, it's <sighs> this band was super influential, but super like, who, influential. but who's talking about, is anyone talking about the red hot chili peppers now? Like I, that's the tough part. I think they're a band who <clears throat> I give it an eight out of 10 because it's the impact too. It was so big. As we talked about, it kept getting bigger through the, from this point forward, it kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and if you listen, you like think about how big those songs are, give it away uh, under the bridge. Those songs are huge. Still, still, you could still hear them played in supermarkets now, you know? Yeah. Um, so to me, it's an eight out of 10. I think chili peppers get lip service con- conversation, but there's a few bands out there who I think actually take, take some, not very much from them though. Um, intangible the etc the the mystical thing you can't touch how you feel towards this record or anything else you want to put out there pete where are you giving this <laughs> out of 10 i like the hits you do they bring you me, do bring i know you back do. To a good, they bring me back to a good place you know um flea seems like a cool guy <laughs> would you rather hang Ooh. out with flea or anthony kiedis Flee by ten thousand by, really? by 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 twenty thousand. Yeah, interesting. Anthony Kiedis, like maybe it's because I I saw him on Joe Rogan mm. recently. Okay, and he he had like SoCal like dumb dumb cult leader energy. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I just like I couldn't I couldn't do it. I just like I and I feel like even back then like. I know that he had beef with like Mr. Bungle. He just seemed like kind of a douchebag, if mm. I'm being honest. Whereas Flea just seems like he's along for the ride and having a good time and seems smart, but also like weird and fun. Um, yeah, both go to Lakers games and sit courtside. So I'll go with whoever. Drummer, <laughs> drummer seems legit cool too. Um, so where'd you end up for your intangible? Yeah, Will Ferrell seems mellow. Um, <laughs> intangible, I'm going to give it a four. Pete, what was my score for the intangible? 10. It's a 10. The vibe is cool. The vibe <laughs> of this record is better than the actual Dude, record. how dare you? <laughs> I have so, so much uncool. warmth towards this band, and it's intangible because if I listen to it, <laughs> it's tough. It can be a hard listen, and I think I find myself halfway between you and halfway between our 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 senior citizen friends um, because I have a love for it. And there's a lot of like weird nostalgia in there and a lot of moments in there, 
But at the same time, when the hits hit, I'm like, oh. Um, so I, I, I love this record. Um, do I like it all the way? No. Um, but sometimes, Pete, you got to get it, put it in you. Are but you do you at- like it so much that you're going to add it to your collection? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I should try to find a vinyl version of it. Um, Pete, I'm going to bet you're not because what is your final score on this? <laughs> final score is a 36. Hell yeah. Pete, mine is a 70. <laughs> that feels exactly right. Wow. I love it. <laughs> um, this episode was a success. It's a success. Full success. When, we, when we're, when we're, we're in such different parts. Part. Oh. Yeah. Even though on a lot of the music stuff, we kind of found ourselves in similar places. Um, the funk, it's so rubber. You know what I mean? very rubbery thank you everybody have a good night goodbye to be